welcome to the Digital Hive podcast, where we talk about all things digital marketing, from websites to social media, to email marketing, and all of the advertising channels. I'm your host, Emma Peacock. In today's episode, we're talking about all the extra tracking info you can find in Google Analytics if you have an online purchase in your sales process. Last week, we talked about everything that is relevant for all types of businesses. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I'd really recommend you go back to that one. But if you make a sale on your website where the transaction is tracked by your Google Analytics account, come back and listen here after. If you're listening right now on your phone and you're sharing about listening along on your Instagram stories, make sure you tag us at Honeypot Digital so we can say thanks and give you a share. Now the reason I'm being very specific about what type of business this episode is relevant to is because if you have a sales process where someone pays by invoice or they don't make the transaction through your website in that visit and it's tracked, these numbers just aren't going to come into Google Analytics and you'll only be able to use traditional page view based conversions, which we talked about last week. It's not the end of the world, but it's just how it works. So if that isn't what you do, come back next week. The last thing I'd want to do is waste your time. We have plenty of other episodes you can go back and listen to. If you don't have e-commerce tracking set up, which is an extra step for most platforms, you'll only be able to see the number of sales, not the dollar spend. Now that's not a big deal if you have these numbers elsewhere, although it is best to have it in Google Analytics to have it across everything. But if you only have one product at one price, it's not even a problem. On platforms like Shopify, this is able to be added with the click of a setting. But if you have a custom built e-commerce store, you'll need to speak with your web developer about this. Also, side note, if you're speaking to a web developer about a potential new e-commerce website and they don't know what this is, you need to see other people. They might just not be experienced in this area. E-commerce websites are a whole new kettle of fish and not all developers are created equal. If you didn't download the Google Analytics cheat sheet from the last episode, do that now at the link in the episode notes. It has the extra e-commerce bits inside of it. Now, if you did download it last week, it's the same one. So don't worry, you've already got it. Okay, so let's assume you set this up with e-commerce tracking. You can see revenue by product, email campaign, social campaign, AdWords. So if you know something is getting people on your site, you can also tell if it's actually making you dollars in the end and how much dollars and orders. So you can tell if you're getting a whole bunch of people to your site and they're not the right type of people, or if you're getting not enough people to your site and if that's not translating into the number of orders that you need for your business to make a profit. You'll also be able to delve into the average order value. This can tell you whether you might be best to add a free shipping threshold just above the average order spend to motivate people to add another product or if your current shipping deal needs to be lower because it's not working. You can tell if it might be better to add some add-ons. You may also like products or anything like that to inch the average order value up, almost like the chocolate bars at the checkout at the supermarket. Now, the way you're going to be able to tell this is by making change over time and seeing what happens. Knowing your minimum, average and upper order values isn't going to tell you a load. It's the change over time that we learn the most from. Another key thing you can find out is what the rate of conversion is for every user on your site. So an example might be that of all of the people who visit your site, 2.5% of those people make a purchase. You can also sort of tell how much each person that lands on your website is quote unquote worth, which allows you to realistically plan your advertising budgets and judge your return on investment better. 
One of the things that is the most important in any business is where are you losing people? This info is all about abandoning purchase behavior. This tacks on to the end of the exit page element we talked about last week, and it tells you where in the add to cart purchase process people are ghosting you. Are they adding to cart like it's a wish list and leaving? Are they going to make a purchase and just not paying? Or are they making it all the way? If you're losing people at the cart, so they aren't going any further than add to cart, you might want to invest or rethink an abandoned cart follow-up email. If you lose people on the payment page, that's a possible follow-up too. People might have gone to get their credit card and gotten distracted, but also make sure there isn't something wrong with your payment page. If it isn't working or is hard to use, you're going to lose people no matter how much they want your product or service. One thing I do know to be true of almost all audiences is that while having a large number of steps in the checkout process tells you more about where you lose people, the more pages someone has to progress through, the higher likelihood you'll lose them, especially on mobile. So if you're trying to create a process where they proceed to checkout, you make them add their address in one page, then add their payment details in another, you're potentially going to lose them in between putting their address and then adding the shipping process and then choosing the way they want to check out and then finally ending up on the payment page. When a higher percentage of people make the purchase, we don't need to worry about the stage of loss as much. They've done what we need to do. So if you use less pages, so say there's a cart and then a checkout page and then they are directed to PayPal or your uh, credit card processing page, then that's enough. Now there's one more tip I want to tell you before I sign off for this episode. That is that if you can't find a statistic you want, use the search function. It'll pop out the table in a search box off to the side, assuming you're on desktop, so you don't have to hunt through. If you want transactions by time of day in dollars, search exactly that and it will come up, whereas it doesn't easily show in one of the main pages. We now have a Facebook group for this podcast community, so if you have any questions about your Google Analytics or other insights you want to gain from your online marketing, join the group and get direct feedback from me and other people in the group. Find it by searching for the Digital Hive podcast community on Facebook, or find the group through our Honeypot Digital Facebook page. You'll also find a link in today's show notes. Next week, I'll be announcing a free challenge coming up that is exclusive to the Facebook group, so make sure you're in there. I hope you've learned a lot about your Google Analytics over the past two weeks. If you don't already have e-commerce tracking, look into it today. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love it if you could rate it and review it. I'll be back here same time next week with a new episode. Bye.